0: The line right here. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Hello and welcome to Fourth and Five, your Longhorn Nation podcast. I'm your host, Will Baser, and I'm joined alongside by Darius Terrell as always. You guys listen to the Hornscast channel, it's the Hornscast channel on any podcasting platform out there. Today, we're back from our hiatus. I was gone playing video games. Darius was gone coaching little girl soccer. So, we're back from our very, very busy lives to talk about basically sweeping a lot of commits in the month of February where they just had a lot of momentum. Talk about five of the six commits they pulled in in February because we've already talked about Blue. Then talk about Ruben Owens and... Darius's conversation with his father. After that, get into some guys to keep an eye on for the 2022 class, who to commit next, or possibly who are favoring Texas. Then look into the 2022 class and then the need in the trenches. Darius, how you been, man? How's your, uh, how was your February?
1: Hey, everything's been good. Hey, I hope everybody, you know, we haven't been on here since the blizzard happened. Uh, Ice-Mageddon, Snowpocalypse took place. I hope everybody's got their power back up. I've been out of commission. well. I've been I've been recovering from looking at my electric bill uh, since what happened on that day. So I just came back to life the other day. And uh, to be clear, I don't coach little girl soccer. I do coach high school soccer. But with us, it might as well be little girl soccer the way we've been oh. getting up lately. But anyways, that's my. Yeah, bad. man, I'm. I, I'm were... I got my health, huh? I no, were... it's up here at the high school. It's up here at the. big dog. My bad. My <laughs> bad. But um, no, um, no, I'm, 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 I'm blessed. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have my health. I have my family healthy. I'm just glad to be here. I'm excited to get, you know, get into the show today. Hope everybody's doing all right. Hope we can uh take your mind, ease your minds off of things for an hour or so.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to telling my great grandkids. Did I ever tell you about the blizzard of twenty one?
1: Man. When I found out my whole house was electric.
0: We had to walk uphill both ways through five inches of snow. But yeah, let's go ahead and get into <laughs> <laughs> the fun part of February, so and Texas found out
1: five inches was a lot.
0: <laughs> Texas, <laughs> and Texas had a wonderful February. Well, not the state, but the university and the football team because they pulled in six commits over the past month. Obviously, we talked about one of the big ones and probably a guy who's going to end up a five star in Jaden Blue. I think he is now the number one running back in a few different polls. He'll end up as a five-star for sure once some of these sites update their rankings, but everybody's catching up. Then after that, literally after we posted our show, the day of Malik Murphy and Travell Johnson dropped. Later on, Evan Stewart, who was supposed to commit a while ago, just decided out of the blue to commit. Sark after dark, a lot of fun there. Brian Allen dropped yesterday. And, oh yeah, Ruben Owens, 2023 started. So, let's go ahead and get into that list right now. And we'll start off with Malik Murphy, the five-star quarterback out of California. Darius, we talked a little bit about this because we kind of saw it coming. Mm -hmm. I don't know who didn't see it coming. Malik Murphy committing to Texas. Texas had Quinn Ewers in their class and then they didn't. They had Kate Klubnik in Austin. And now he looks like it's going to end up at Clemson. Texas ends up with Malik Murphy, who was in town this past weekend and has actually been doing a lot of recruiting. It seems to be a guy who's going to be a bell cow for the class. But he hasn't had a lot of film or even stats on the field. And I guess we'll see what it's like in the spring here. But, I mean, without pads and shorts and 707, it looks pretty good.
1: No, I mean, hell, as far as seven-on-seven goes, I mean, it's kind of moved away from, you know, what it was when back when, you know, you and I were in high school where it was playing with your team, you're working on your plays, you know, your timing, et cetera. It's become like AAU basketball. The kids travel, they get to meet other kids, play with kids from other other countries, from other states and stuff. And, um, of course, there's no pass rush uh, on the quarterback, but – um. With Murphy, with that deal, you know, again, it's a travel team. So, the quarterbacks, I believe he has to alternate every series with um, with another kid. So, one, they don't really have a rhythm. You know what I'm saying? Again, you're playing over guys that you don't play with all the time. You're going against defenders that you have never seen before. So, you don't really know what they have or what they're capable of. But um based on some of the footage that I've seen of him at the event, I believe it was a pylon. They got moved to, what, Bullhead City, Arizona. I think K Kareem was out there on the coverage on it last week of the video. I mean, we we knew Murphy can spin it seeing the ball come out of his hands, seeing the the kids at the event, you know, kind of in a way gravitate towards him. He's got that look of a bona fide, you know, quarterback. And as of right now, you know, um, I think Texas fans have to be thrilled about the commitment and would enhance the uh, the momentum off the field on the recruiting front. And we're seeing that pay off right now. But um, no, Murphy's looks, you know, we knew about him in 7 7 We knew about him in shorts. He's done what we've known he can do to this point.
0: Yeah, again, everything that you say about Malik Murphy right now has a big ol' asterisk by it, saying, yeah, he looks great, but he also hasn't been on the field in a year and a half, almost two. That's the big ol' asterisk there. But, what he does bring, and as you were talking about it, it's kind of how you ended off, was some momentum on the recruiting trail. Now, you obviously had Jaden Blue, and he kind of was the slow momentum, but Malik Murphy was a guy who Texas was telling Quinn Ewers, hey, we're going to take this guy's commitment if you don't come. And when you were stuck with Ohio State, Texas was happy enough to take Malik Murphy. And Malik Murphy fits a guy that Steve Sarkeesian is looking for. A pocket passer, big arm. Apparently, it looks like, again, big asterisk, can read the field. But also, he gives you that big momentum. He's a guy who other big players in the nation, they know his name. They've seen him. They played with him in 7-on-7, seven seven, guys like Kevin Coleman, guys like C.J. Williams and the other There's a,
1: Ted Tyro McMillan.
0: Yeah, those guys out there, they know him. There's other five-stars around the country that know him. He's in the backyard of C. Sarkeesian. He's giving you a name that you can say to other recruits on the offensive side, hey, we have a five-star quarterback in your class who's looking really good. And that's something that, as a recruiting pitch – is almost invaluable.
1: Yeah, and and again, I mean, just more to your point about what he brings off the field. I mean, the kid was in town this weekend, right? We had uh, CJ uh, with coverage. Uh, He was working out at the Hell Valley High School yesterday with Caleb Burton. He was in town with a uh, with a with a trainer and other you know prominent athletes in the area, and he was just in here visiting. You know, I mean, he took pictures uh, today, walking the field and things like that. So again, just as far as what you're looking for from a coaching standpoint, you want to get to a point as a coaching staff, as an organization, as a program, to where your players kind of police themselves. You know, players you make it easier on the coaches. Where you're seeing that already from this recruiting class, you got a quarterback that's kind of he's he's rounding everything up for you. He's kind of running everything. And you want things to be player led, the best teams are player led. So signs have been positive so far. So Malik Murphy, I'm I'm I am more excited about him than I was when the when the commitment first happened. But again, it's still, you know, it, it remains to be seen what he looks like in when real live bullets are flying. But um no, so far so good on the Malik Murphy front.
0: Yeah, I, I think I'm tentatively on board. I want to see what he looks like again with pads on, but if Quinn Ewers were to turn around and say, actually, I would like to go to Texas. They would take Quinn Ewers in a heartbeat.
1: Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have an answer right now for that. I really? don't No, I don't, I don't know. Because I mean, how many times you have to ask somebody? Uh, Murphy's been bought in. He's flow he's flown out on his own dime to be on campus. He's bought in. He's selling the program for you. He's pushing your class for you. I mean, I think that deserves some loyalty, especially if he plays well this spring out there in California in their spring league.
0: That's true, but. I think when it comes down to it, the quarterback position in 2022, the door is slightly open.
1: I would not be surprised at all to see a game of musical chairs. who look up, what is this, February? who look up 10 months from now and see that a game of musical chairs took place. And uh, some of these quarterbacks that are rated in the top 10 nationally um, did some, some moving around, some swapping around. Sure, I mean, it's recruiting. You know, every year there's something that takes place, something that happens. So I wouldn't be shocked at all. But for right now, I think the kids are happy with where they're committed to. I think the school is happy with who they have. As far as K. Clubnick goes, I'm sure he'll end up somewhere, you know, in a good spot. Clemson's but, um, the
0: school right now.
1: Okay, and if he uh, if it is Clemson, I mean, hey, I mean he's he's gonna have a top prospect coming in behind him every year. You know, it's just it's mm-hmm. part of the it's part of the the business. But um, no, I don't I don't think Clubnick ends up at Texas. I don't see that happening. But no, I I wouldn't be surprised. I can't tell you how it's going to play out, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some movement at that quarterback spot. Uh, yeah. In uh five, six months from now.
0: Yeah. Well, the next guy to fall after Malik Murphy is Travail Johnson at a Martin in Arlington. Travail Johnson, Darius, what does he bring to you on the field?
1: All right, so those not familiar with Arlington Martin, that's a program up here in DFW. Arlington Martin is, over the last 20 years or so, one of the most well-run organized discipline programs um, up here in the area over the last decade or so too. Martin puts out three to four P five prospects a year. Travell Johnson is a, is a, is an excellent athlete. I think he's going to end up playing inside for Texas, although he does have that ability to play outside. Um, he's a guy that's about six foot, probably about 200 pounds right now. You know, once he's maxed out at the end, he'll be around 220, 225, more of the modern, you know, linebacker. But he's a guy that um, excellent athleticism, excellent comfortability in space. He can rush the passer, get after the quarterback. Um, right now, he's evaluated as a three star guy. But when you go back and what I hear, Texas fans listening to this right now, do me a favor go back and watch Maurice Blackwell's huddle from uh, from this past year. And instead of watching Maurice Blackwell, watch Travell Johnson. And um, I think you'll be excited about what you see there.
0: Right. And also what Travell Johnson does is it starts to build that pipeline into Arlington Martin. Now that you have Maurice Blackwell, you have Travell Johnson, you're saying it's a well-run school. You're building a pipeline into a pretty well-run program, or at least with a coach who knows how to build a well-run program if he does decide to move his talent somewhere else. But it also helps you with, Getting in, you know, a guy, another guy to get into an ear of another guy you want, R.J. Cooper, who is one of the best available defensive linemen in the state right now.
1: Yeah, R.J. Cooper, uh, he's a member of that Martin defense. So right now, I mean, think about it. Cooper is hearing from Blackwell, just committed in the previous class, he's hearing about Texas all the time. Terrell Johnson's committed. They're in the same class. I mean, the 2023 class, on Martin's got a cornerback named Javian uh, Toviano that'll be one of the top cornerbacks nationally, he's hearing about Texas all the time. We just had an update on the site about it um, last week. Um, he talks about just you know just having that. He hears about it all the time. You can't help but you know kind of gravitates toward that. So, like you mentioned, Will, it never hurts to create a pipeline to a to a strong program. And again, Martin is one of the better programs around. So, if you're going to develop a pro a, a pipeline somewhere, that's a, that's a that's a great one to get it, get your foot into.
0: Yeah, and we're talking about he's hearing about Texas and hearing about Texas. It's not just that the kids are in the program or talking about Texas. It's the kids who are in the Longhorn program are talking up Texas. I've talked to a few guys in the Texas program currently, and they absolutely love what Steve Sarkeesian is doing so far, which is a bit different than what it was under Tom Herman. Tom Herman was a lot more of a tentative wait and see, and the seniors and the juniors weren't really on board. But what I'm hearing about what's going on in the building at Texas right now, it seems like not only are the kids who are in the class recruiting for Texas, but the kids who are in the program are recruiting for Texas. So, again, having a guy like Maurice Blackwell in the program right now to talk to guys like Travell Johnson, R.J. Cooper, the 2023 cornerback I've completely forgot the name of that you just talked about. (laughs) But having guys like that, and not just those guys, but to other recruits around the country and around texas is invaluable it is not what you had three months ago at texas very much different and very much a boon for recruiting
1: yeah no it definitely matters and when when players do um when the dead when this whole thing is over with COVID, when players do take official visits they're gonna be around those players on your campus and those players in the program, they're going to keep it real. You know, they're going to tell you, they're going to tell those guys what it's really like uh, for the most part. So it, it matters. And, and it's, it's something to be said for, you know, when you're not, when you're not doing your job out of fear, you know, you're doing it more so because you want to, you don't want to let that person down. You know what I'm saying? You want, you want to make sure you do your part to please that person because you respect them. It, it, goes, it goes a heck of a long, a long way. So, no, I mean, I was a guy that, again, I I wasn't, I was fine with keeping Tom Herman for another year, but the the people that you know, when you talk about hearing these things about the atmosphere within the program and stuff like that, I I understand. So um, no, we're, you're seeing that pay off, and you're seeing that you know folks that that felt that way thought that were right. And again, I mean, also you know, you can you can be right about certain things and be wrong about certain things at the same time. But no, so far so good on on the Sarkeesian front as far as um program morale,
0: program morale exactly. That's a good way to put it. Program morale is at an all-time high. So while you have it at an all-time high, build on that, right? So another guy who Texas had this momentum, and momentum is a real thing, Tom Herman. Evan Stewart started to feel this momentum. He started to feel it back in January, and people were saying, oh, he's going to commit. He's going to commit. And then it kind of got talked down. But then all of a sudden, Sark After Dark, that momentum of Sark After Dark, Hit him full force. And he's like, I can't wait any longer. And he committed to Texas. A guy who likes the attention. He has a lot of attention already. Outside of even the recruitment trail. We've already talked about it. I mean, he's got a million followers on TikTok. That's insane. Now he's at Texas. His recruitment basically done, but really is it? And, well, well, before we get into that, what does he bring, Darius, on the field? Because he is one of the top rated wide receivers in the country. Why is that?
1: Yeah. um, Evan Stewart, the player I compared him to um, in the commitment analysis on our TFB Texas website was Calvin Ridley. While he's obviously he's not to that point yet, you know, Calvin Ridley is one of the best route runners in the world, but, Stewart, over two seasons so far at Frisco Liberty, he's amassed totals of, uh, he's had 89 receptions for over 1,600 yards and 16 touchdowns, and uh, Frisco Liberty plays at the 5A level here in Texas, he's seeing good competition, Um, in my opinion, Stewart has the most quick twitch out of all the available in-state receivers in this year's crop, and um, in general, he's, just, he's one of the more explosive prospects in the 2022 class in the entire nation, um I think he's a guy that can be used on jet sweeps, bubble screens, uh swing passes, option routes, reverses, pretty much any way, you know, to get the guy, get get a get a playmaker, you know, get the ball in a playmakers hands. And um pretty much um he's got the athleticism and enough size to play any wide receiver spot in any offense. And I, I really think he is um Evan Stewart is the type of guy that Texas hasn't landed um over the past five, six, seven classes. You know, they've missed on the, on Jalen Waddle, they missed on, you know, Rondell Moore, you know, um um K D Cannon, you know, guys like that. They finally got one, and uh, if they can hold on to Evan Stewart, he's going to play a lot as a freshman next year. It's true freshman.
0: Not only that, they've missed on no-brainers in the wide receiver class right, over the past few years. And, you know, I have to give a shout-out to, to my guy, uh, Margin Hooks, who's a trainer out in DFW. And usually, I know he's, he's one of my guys, but a lot of the times the best wide receivers in Texas are his guys. You had C.D. Lamb. You had Marvin Mims. Uh, players like that usually end up, for some reason, under margin hooks. And Texas' two wide receiver commits, Armani Winfield and Evan Stewart, both hooks guys. And honestly, both two of the best players in the state. It's nice to see that Texas is finally not ignoring some of these guys who are just no-brainers in the state. Like Evan Stewart, like Armani Winfield, like Caleb Burton. And even outside of the state, like Kevin Coleman, like like McMillan and CJ Williams, guys like that, it's nice to see that they're shooting for the stars. They know who the best players are out are out there and they're not afraid to go after them.
1: Yeah, to expound upon pretty much the other yeah, point you're making is seeing Texas establish better relationships um with the with The folks that are involved with these high school players that aren't the high school coaches now, um, that have been trying for years now, I mean, you, you've got to acknowledge them now. You've got to deal with them. It's what they've been fighting for, clamoring for for such a long time. So whether you like it or not, you know, somebody like uh, Margin Hooks, I, I don't know him personally. But, no, it's important to make contact with these trainers, the kids whether or not they have an actual, you know, the guys have an actual impact on what they're doing. The kids believe it, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and those guys' opinions matter to them. And, and the way that those guys, those trainers feel about your program, it matters because, I mean, whether the kids are directly asking them or not, they're around them more than you are. You know, they got access to them that oftentimes their high school coaches do not have. So it's important to establish those risks. you heard about Steve Sarkeesian having phone conversations with uh, with Donald Hawkins, um, with footwork, king with flight skills. It, it matters. It matters. So, you know, in a way, you know, just like Texas high school coaches, just like high school recruits, you know, these guys are human beings. They have egos and stuff too. So, you know, you got to just part of being the head coach of Texas and, you know, having to play all these roles with all these hats on, got to mm-hmm. learn how to do it. And it's not for everybody. So, you know, it's, it's it's important. It's encouraging to hear that that those bridges are being built, whereas they weren't there um, in the past with with previous coaching staffs.
0: I can see the consternation in your face as you have to admit that they have to go to the trainers as a coach, Darius.
1: Well, I mean, it's just, just like with anything, you know, there are, there are people, you know, there are people in it for the right reason there are people in it for the wrong reason. And I'm not here to, I mean, it's not my place to state, you know, my opinion on any of that, you know, over these waves or anything, but, um, no, it's a part of it. Um, it's good to see a coach, you know, somebody in here that understands that, and um, they're taking the the, the the proper steps to to get in good there. And again, it's not just Harkeesian. I mean, remember he hired a lot of money spent on this staff. Jeff Banks is a hell of a recruiter. Mm-hmm. Kyle Flood, Terry Joseph, those guys are getting paid a lot of money. So, um, they're just doing what they're supposed to do. I think part of it is us not being used to, you know, seeing a staff in here that um.
0: Knows what they're doing recruiting wise.
1: I don't want to say knows what they're doing, but just has a little bit more <laughs> of a plan. You know, um, they they're not new to having a. They know how to use a big logo. You know,
0: that's a good point. That's a very good point, Darius. I named a bunch of top end wide receivers in this class. Where does this leave you in the twenty twenty two class at wide receiver for Texas? Because I know Texas likes guys like Kevin Coleman. Like McMillan out of California, I don't know how to say his first name. Uh like Caleb Burton, like CJ Williams, and even Chris Marshall, I've heard is at the top of their board. How do you deal with that as a Tex and also, you know, Brennan Thompson out of Spearman? Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that as Texas? And if you're in Texas, who are you going for first?
1: Well, first they have to figure out, I mean, how many receivers are they going to take? Because I, I remember I, one of the things we heard where, um, you know, something that was pointed out by co-star Sarkeesian when he got there and they uh, analyzed the roster, there's too many receivers on scholarship. So uh, it's important. We we haven't had spring ball yet, but um, it's, we're going to need to keep an eye on the attrition uh, coming out of spring ball and how many uh, opportunities, they scholarship they have open up.
0: Well, the guys who they have on scholarship right now, right? Avante Woodard, Jordan Whittington, Jake Smith, Marcus Washington, Kennedy Lewis, Troy Omerier at six, Kelvonte Dixon, DeJon Harris, Jaden Lexis, and so that's nine. Schooler, nine guys. Schooler. Brennan Schooler. Yeah, so 10. But Brennan Schooler is not going to be there after next year. Kai Money. I mean, is he?
1: He's on scholarship. Yeah, he was. Is, he was put on scholarship. Year is he? He's not. He's got like two, three years left.
0: Class of twenty eighteen.
1: Yeah, he's got two years left of eligibility. Four years.
0: True, but I mean, but um, sure, he's a scholarship player. But is he a guy who you're going to continue to use?
1: Uh that's that remains to be seen. But um, man, it's, it's not fair, you know, to speculate on any of those guys, you know, who may or may not, you know,
0: be oh, around. Oh, I forgot Josh Moore. Morning. Did I put Josh Moore? This I don't Josh know Moore? if
1: you said it or not, but Josh Moore. So you have be playing
0: ten or eleven guys.
1: guys. You got a lot. But um, no, um, as far as the, the guys available, like I said, we got a Marty. They have him, Armani and Winfield committed. They have Evan Stewart committed. Armani's an outside guy. I think you can peg Evan as an inside guy. I would I, I would have guessed Texas taking four this class, four this cycle. So that means that we would probably take one more inside guy and one more outside guy. Um, if it were up to me, Evan's a high rated guy, right? He's gonna play as a freshman. You know, mm-hmm. um, Armani's a highly rated guy. Probably gonna see the field a little bit as a freshman. My thing is, and I think you saw it happen with – remember Oklahoma's class uh, a couple of years ago with the three five-star wide receivers? Yes. Um, was it Hazel Hazelwood? Uh, uh, uh Trajan Bridges and Theo Weiss. Yes. Um, and fast forward now, those guys are in year three, and it's a guy that came after them that's actually the man Oklahoma right now, Marvin Mims, right? And I think yeah. part of that will again – I went played college, blah, blah, blah – those egos with well, wide receivers, okay? You cannot be promising to have a, a class of four guys and everybody's expecting to play, right, as a true right. freshman, especially when you have so many guys on campus already in front of us. It's not realistic. So I think the smart thing to do would be to try to space it out. So you got two studs right now in Winfield and, and Stewart that can play early. I personally would take a guy like Chris Marshall. He would be number one on my board, not because he's necessarily better than those other guys right now, but because, one, he hasn't been playing the game very long, he understands that he's probably going to need some time to develop. So he wouldn't be expecting to play as a true freshman. I can develop Chris Marshall, and then we look up as a redshirt sophomore, or a redshirt junior, he's one of the best receivers in the country, and he hasn't transferred because I didn't play him that much as a freshman. I didn't promise him he was going to play. So I would take Chris Marshall as an outside guy. He would be number one on my board, more of a developmental guy, space out the playing time in the class. And my slot take, would uh, I would go ahead and go with Brendan Thompson because he's a, he's a verified 10-4 10 300 meter guy you just can't teach speed so personally i would keep it in the state of texas and i would try to i would try to layer this thing a little bit with my guys that are expected to play early and my guys that um i can develop a little bit because again you do have that portal to worry about now
0: yeah i would say chris marshall for sure is a guy of all the big big wide receivers out there you know mcmillan burton williams guys like that out there I like Marshall and the what you can do with, your, with his ability to, you know, he hasn't reached the ceiling or anywhere near it, right? But the problem there is you're likely going to have to reverse the trend right now because he is looking to end up at A&M. So it's going to take a lot of fighting there to pull in a guy like Chris Marshall right now. So I think for me, Kevin Coleman has got to be one of my favorite players in the state or in the country. Maybe it's because he's from St. Louis having the number one and number two wide receivers in the country in 2022 being from St. Louis. I you know was pretty cool. I would say maybe, but uh, Kevin Coleman, I, I do like what he brings to you as a wide receiver. I think, yeah, of course he doesn't have the verified numbers, you know, but I think when it comes to evaluating players, track times are something that are going to be come things of the past when it comes to looking at speed, what you're going to be looking for at speed is how are they on the field? Right. And what Kevin Coleman does, maybe he doesn't have your fast line, you know, straight line speed, but what he does have is that change of direction type of speed. That's what I really like about Col- Kevin Coleman. You can't go wrong with Brennan Thompson. So getting one big guy for your interior is going to be big. Uh, when it comes to the outside. Yeah, I think you're right. Get a developmental guy. So, I think that's where you are right now with your wide receivers in 2022. Now, okay, if you do get a five-star outside wide receiver, I'm not against it. Not against it. But let's go ahead and move on to the next 2022 commit and Brian Allen, who committed just yesterday. A lot of Longhorn fans are going to be wondering, okay, well, what does he bring into the table, right? What does the newest Longhorn commit bring into the table for Texas? The guy at Lolito and maybe one of the best safeties in the state, maybe the country? Darius, tell me, what what is Brian Allen bringing to the field?
1: Yeah. So, fun story, a little background on Brian Allen, on B.J. Allen. His freshman year of high school, heading into his freshman year of high school, I had just uh, made the move out to uh, Fort Worth Brewer High School out there. And um, <laughs> as luck would have it, funny enough, um, you get to hearing about this kid out here named B.J. Allen that's, you know, looking, you know, trying to decide where he's going to high school. So, long story short well we tried to recruit i tried to recruit uh bj allen to the high school i was at and look we rolled out the red carpet had the whole nine highlight video told us the plan for him dad is there little brother's there and everything long story short he ended up staying at his home school um which was fort worth southwest for a year and he played quarterback and you know it was a whole big fight you know from them about blah 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 to start our players and then fast forward a year later after that, he's already back. He's at (laughs) Alito and Alito gets whoever they want out there in Fort Worth. What is um, it
0: about Alito? I I don't get, I had to drive all the way out to Alito and I just don't get it. I mean, they have great facilities, right? mm -hmm. But I just don't get the appeal Uh, of moving all the way out to Alito.
1: So, I mean, it it can't be underestimated a community that's on the same page as far as, you know, athletics and sports. So with Alito, you know, of course they get move-ins, plenty of move-ins, um, those parents, though, out there, they don't get too many. You know what I'm saying. So they know, you know, they don't step on too many toes. You know, those parents out there, they're on board with it. They don't raise a stink about it. You know, if somebody gets brought in on a and their parent is head of a, I don't know, the fundraiser corporation, but he never shows up or whatever. You know, nobody, you know, reports anything, whatever. They're all on the same page. So I think that matters. That's important. So um, with Alito again, Alito's got the corner, the market cornered out there in Fort Worth. Um, BJ Allen has been recognized. As, uh, as one of the you know the best young athletes out there for a long time. But uh fast forward to, you know, to his on-the-field play again. Um, he, he moved to safety once he got to Lido, plays a little bit both ways there for them. Um, the guy he reminds me of, uh, actually Will, um, on tape, was a guy that was just on the Texas roster, even though we didn't get to see him play last year. Uh, and now he's gone. And that guy is Xavion uh, Offert. That was from, uh, from Pearland Shadow Creek.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: People didn't really get to see Alfred as a senior. You know, he was banged up. He was injured. And again, we didn't see him much as a freshman last year. But um, if you watched Alfred as a junior, I mean, he's just a, he's a ball hawk. He was always around the football, Um, similar size kid to BJ right now. They're both around 5'11", you know, 5'11 and a half, six foot. Xavier is probably about 195 right now. BJ at his max, at his peak will probably be a little bit north of 200 pounds but again i mentioned that bj is a former uh quarterback a uh, little league quarterback and stuff so and you can see that on defense you know he his his instincts are outstanding um he diagnoses run versus pass about as, as as fast as any you know high schooler you're going to see does a really good job of um he explodes to the ball he's got excellent short area quickness um bj is a good tackler He's not really, uh, you know, lay you out, boom, you know, the big hit kind of guy. And that's really, you know, it's safety is kind of what you're looking for because you don't want to – part of what's gotten Texas in trouble in the past is those guys always want to go for the knockout blow. And BJ's a solid, fundamental tackler. And um, he's got the versatility Will I, I, I would like him to be more towards the boundary because he's such a good tackler. I want him closer to the line of scrimmage. But he does have the athleticism, does have the range to uh, to play some free safety as well. He can do either one of those. And, it, again, it, it reminds me a lot of Zavion Alford. Um, I did start to see Alito a little bit this past uh, season. They did line him up in the slot a couple of times. Now, it wasn't a lot, and there's it not a lot of footage of him in coverage there, but if he can show as a senior, Will, he can stick playing in the slot, then, I mean, that takes his value to a whole other level. Um, but, no, he's a guy that can play either safety spot. He's not a corner, um, but B.J. allens he's one of the top safeties in the country.
0: Right. I was about to say, I really like him as a center fielder type guy. I think he's a guy, like you said, has a great instincts for the play. I don't know how good he is when it comes to being a ball hawk. He's around the ball. But when it comes to getting interceptions and whatnot, I, I, his hands could use work. But that's not something you really care about as a defensive player. I mean, you kind of do, right? You'll always hear Rod Babers be like, I could have made a lot more money if I had hands. But I do like... His ability to diagnose plays and come up and stop the run, I think that's a huge thing. If he can be good, again, in one-on-one coverage because there's a potential for him to play that under PK system, if he is a guy who you can leave one-on-one with a good wide receiver or a good slot wide receiver then uh, you're right. It takes Or value those big to hold tight ends
1: that, that Oklahoma likes to use, Iowa State likes to use. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it could. It, it takes him from being a guy that's, you know, a uh, Brandon Jones kind of guy and makes him a potential, you know, end of the first round, early second round, Jimmy Ward type of guy, if he can do that. But that remains to be seen. But he's right, a great right, athlete. Right. Great athlete and great kid.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think he's uh one of the best safeties in this class in the nation at least as a pure safety, not as your nickel, but as a guy who's in the backfield, right?
1: And it's a great safety class. You know, you got Bryce Anderson, you got Chase Biddle, Christian Driver, great in-state safety class. Um, I currently have BJ rated number one. That will change on my next update. Bryce Anderson will be number one, but BJ is undoubtedly in that top four grouping. He's a locked top 30 player in the state. And in this class, Will, top 30 players in the state, that's a top That's a top 150 player nationally because it's a heck of a class.
0: Right. It's interesting to see where Texas is right now as your defensive back class. You have your safety, your first safety in Brian Allen. You kept your cornerback mm-hmm. in Jalen Gilbo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You have probably going to take maybe one or two more corners in this class, probably one more. And you're probably going to take two more safeties in this class, right?
1: Uh, I think you're looking for, they're looking for a nickel and they're looking for a corner. Yeah, uh, safety, so three, three. Yeah. So yeah, another safety, another corner, another, uh, and a nickel. Yes, three more right. guys.
0: So three more other guys. Right, I think Bryce Anderson is the guy that you're looking for. He's He would be the star piece, right?
1: I think Bryce fits in in your nickel spot.
0: Right. So then who are you looking for the other side of that safety? Maybe your field side safety. Or what not. Because obviously your other corner, the star guy you want is Denver Harris. Right. And if not that, then you're looking at the guy from John Paul. Uh Terrence Brooks, Terrence is, Brooks. A, is a hell
1: of a prospect. Yeah. Heck of a cornerback prospect. I don't think you can get Terrence Brooks though if you're talking safety. I think he wants to play corner. And right. And he's good enough to where he should he can play corner if he wants to. Um other safety prospects will. Um again I mentioned Driver. Um, I don't think driver's really on Texas's radar. Chase Biddle out of Garland. It's a heck of a player. I think he's leaning towards Oklahoma right now with his buddy, um, Jordan Hudson. But mm-hmm. another name that Texas offered a long time ago out of Lexington, Texas. He's a, you know he's a rural guy, country guy, you know, not a real big social media presence, but it's Jared Kerr. I think Jared oh, Kerr yeah. is a name to keep an eye on um, later on, but um, I think that I think that other safety will. I don't know if it's going to. If you land if you land Anderson like we think they're going to in the coming months, I don't think you're going to be able to get another a huge name safety to go with that group. You know, it might have to be Kamari like, Wilson. That he's yeah. not coming from Florida. He's not coming. Neither <laughs> neither is Jacoby Matthews from Louisiana. Neither one of those guys are coming. Y'all should learn. Y'all should know oh. better by now. I think Jared Cur is a name. You're, you're ruining my safety.
0: dreams. Hey, 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 I'm
1: I'm I'm good. I'm all for, you know, messing up folks' wet dreams.
0: What happened with Landon Holby? What do you think about that?
1: Hullaby, I think Hullaby, man, I I don't know. And I'm I'm just speculating. I don't know. I haven't talked to Landon, obviously, and I haven't Texas staff isn't gonna give me their, their recruiting board. But I, I don't think Hullaby, I think one of two things. Either Hullaby didn't have a spot, but he did tweet out a re-offer, you know, about a week before his decision. I think Hullaby is looking at what Texas is going to bring in. He's looking at he's looking out for his own playing time, his own self, his own best situation for himself. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's how you're supposed to go
0: about it, right? And you know, looking at the class before this, you could be good at that boundary safety with J.D. Coffee, and then moving a guy like BJ Allen over to your field side guy. Yeah,
1: you, you might not. Yeah. That, well, you don't need to, you don't, there's no, you don't have to take another safety. Like you like you mentioned. No, I'm, I, I, how can I forget about JD coffee? Yes. Coffee and Allen are similar.
0: Although it is a, it is a position right now that you could use more guys in. Sure.
1: Sure. You all know, never, right? you know, as far as injuries, you, know, I mean, you, just, you never know. That's the
0: position that you have the most question marks right now at Texas.
1: Safety. Yeah. No question. No doubt. Yeah, No doubt. Safety is the, it's the weak link on paper, the glaring weak link.
0: So that's all your 2022 guys. But Texas got your 2023 commit in February as well. Ruben Owens, the number one running back. Now there haven't been a lot of running backs rated. But the number one running back in the state of Texas. He was recruited by Oklahoma very heavily. He was recruited by Alabama. He was recruited by LSU. He was recruited by all of the big name schools. He was a guy who likely ends up as a five-star running back at the end of the day and chose Texas when it's all said and done. Well, is it all said and done? We'll see. It's still, it's 2023. A lot of things can happen, but right now, OU's in their feelings, man. You can see it all over the internet. Ask that
1: question again, Will. Is is, is everything all said and done with Ruben Owens? Can you ask that question again?
0: Is everything all said and done with Ruben Owens? Hell no. Again, you saw o u all in their feelings on Twitter. They're still probably gonna go after Reuben Owens you have bama l s u whatnot. not. There is two years before he signs paper it's there's a lot of stuff up in the air,
1: yeah, so what you want you wanna you wanna talk about the commitment of Owens real quick and then get into that or yeah, how I go mean about this one all we'll, right, we'll so, talk about the commitment so Reuben Owens uh, on paper as a prospect. he's been a starter out there down there at uh, in El campo now since his freshman season. Shares carries with another with another back, but this is a run heavy offense. They run the ball ninety percent of the time. They don't they don't pass it. Over two seasons, Ruben has amassed over twenty over twenty three hundred yards and thirty touchdowns at El Capo. That's a four A program as well. So competition is not terrible. It's better than what a guy like uh, Jonathan Brooks has been seeing. I think you can really compare it more to you can compare it to DFW in my opinion, the four A level. But um, the guy that Owens reminds me of, especially when you watch his tape, you know just to one, he can be a bit of an upright guy, and he's got a more of a you know lanky wide receiver build. But that's that explosion in the open field, that agility and ability to make guys miss. Um, he reminds me a lot of Zach Evans in more ways than one. Um, yeah. Again, just having been a running back, but having that long, you know, kind of wiry build, the top end speed, the jaw dropping highlights, the ability to make cuts, the vision, um, just the raw talent is there with, with, with Owens and. Um, I see him in 7-on-7. Seven seven. You know, he looks pretty decent catching the ball. He's not a great route runner, but, again, his high school is a little bit behind the times when it comes to, you know, the modern-day offense and how running backs are used. They're stuck but, um,
0: in the 1970s.
1: Yeah, man, the Birds, you know, they're a little behind. But um, just as far as pure talent, um, Ruben Ow- Owens, is he- he's in that class of the guys like Texas has just signed with B. John Robinson, Jadon o- uh, Blue, uh, et cetera.
0: Yeah, I think his top-end speed for running back is phenomenal. I don't think it's elite, but it is great. But I think his burst is elite. I think his ability to get to his top-end speed is elite.
1: I think he's got more top-end speed right now as a sophomore in high school than B. John Robinson has. That's
0: that's interesting. That's
1: not a knock on B. John Robinson.
0: Oh, no. Again, more than his top-end speed, which, again, really great. I like his burst. I like his ability to stay on his feet at his size. So he's got a low center of balance which is what you want for a running back right a guy who if you get hit he's going to go lower and he's going to be able to stay on his feet
1: yeah i mean he again that that build is long i mean you got to watch him swinging that ball and stuff but just just he's 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 never he's never not been the best athlete on the field at any point in his life to this point so it's just it's just it's such a big commitment so early so early, right. man. But um and just what it what it does as far as, you know, getting excitement going in that class. And we've we've touched on twenty twenty three a little bit. Um um uh, we've we've been releasing some stuff in the Thursday, Thursdays on twenty twenty three. That's another big time class. And to get out ahead of it with the the top player in that class, um, if Texas can take care of business on the field, it can end up it can snowball and become what everybody has dreamed of it being. But it's up to Texas to take care of it on the field
0: again right it will he stay the top name in the class Darius you have a better beat uh you know a better handle or on the beat of that class will he be the best running back in Texas
1: will he be the best running back I'll, I'll say this I've seen there's a kid up in Wichita Falls last name Peterson no relation to Adrian that is, is damn good there's a kid out of West Orange Stark that I just saw the other day um Jamal something he don't even have social media I, I'll say this it's, it's a, there's a lot of talent already popping up at the running back position in that class, so it, it remains to be seen. It, it's too early to say that because it, it's already showing to be a pretty a pretty deep class, man. At running back,
0: right? It it kind of reminds me of the class. Uh, what was it? The twenty twenty class, where at the beginning of that year, everybody was saying, "Oh, Jace McCle- Jace McClellan is the best running back in this class," right? Everybody's like, oh, he's, and when he signed with Oklahoma, everybody was at Texas was heartbroken, right? It was so early and nobody really understood what was happening there. But then you had Zach Evans come up and then you had B. John Robinson, uh, end up with, you know, end up at Texas and Zach Evans was obviously the best running back in the state still. But Jace McClellan kind of fell back, and that's what I'm wondering if that happens with Reuben Owens.
1: I mean, Jace McClellan was still a, a unanimous, you know, top 60 recruit. You know, what right? I'm he saying? was the number it's,
0: six running back in the nation. I'm not saying he's not the best. He's not, I'm not saying he's not a five star. I'm not. I'm I mean, are, are you
1: saying is it possible that Ruben's not ranked number one? Absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. so much, so much that can change between then and now, and the rankings are subjective. You know, what I'm saying like so it, you know, but um, just for as far as perception and things like that, that's it's a it's a heck of a pickup. But um yeah. transitioning real quick into um I did have a chance to hey exclusive exclusive this hadn't come out on the site or anything yet. Um I spoke with uh Ruben Owens uh senior via phone call on actually on Friday. So that would be the day after, uh the day after the commitment was made. And um we spoke for about twenty minutes and just really quickly I can share with you all how that conversation went. So I asked him, you know, what what sold you all, you know, on, on the University of Texas. And pretty much what he said was um Ruben's relationship with Stan Drayton. Um, had been there since his freshman year. Basically, you know, what he's trying to do and what dad feels like, this is a quote from dad, Um, we're trying to get Texas back like they had it, like Matt Brown had it. He said, I, I believe personally that there's nothing better than Texas football, football in the state of Texas. When Texas football is rolling and Texas high school prospects are playing for the University of Texas, there's nothing better than that. This comes from Ruben Owen's dad. He said Ruben had been wanting to commit since his freshman year. He's just always felt that pressure. It's always been a dream to commit to a program. So um, as a fan, I don't know how you feel about that. You know, the kid has just been wanting to commit. Not necessarily, you know. He's wanting to commit, though, and Texas has been his favorite school. So, I mean, take what you want from that. But um, I asked Dad, so I asked Dad straight up, you know, um, is it too early? You know, how do you feel about it? And he said, again, he said he's here. He's going to support all his kids on all their dreams or whatever. But at the same time, it's still 20 months until Ruben can even sign any type of paperwork to any type of program. And um, I asked him, is Ruben going to, you know, was the plan to take any visits, you know, when the dead period opens up at some point? And Dad's response was, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. And I said, well, do you already have in mind, you know, what places you might want to go? He said, Absolutely. Um, the top five that Ruben dropped, um, that consisted of um Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, A and M. They're he's gonna he's they're gonna visit all those places and not just unofficially. They're gonna take official visits to those places as well.
0: And they're gonna get negatively recruited for Texas, absolutely, left it's, it's and up, yeah. right.
1: If Texas goes eight and five again this season, um, Ruben Owens is probably not gonna be committed. You know, a year from now, I'm just right. I'm straight up. You know, yeah, you heard it here first, Texas fans. Now I'm sure that's not a huge shock to anybody either but I mean I, I've got these right here from the horse's mouth I asked Ruben um, you know how hard was it to tell Oklahoma that he wasn't going there and um, the dad's quote was as far as everything goes that that's that was the hardest thing you know he said "Um, Coach DeMarco uh, felt a little bit you know they don't know if betrayal is the word but you know he was disappointed Um, he said they hadn't spoken to Coach Riley yet but I mean if you saw Riley's tweets from the weekend and stuff he's pissed and you know what he's going to be talking about Texas hadn't won nothing and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, the, the seeds are going to, I mean, they're not, he's not going to hear anything they haven't already heard, but it's going to be up mm-hmm. to Texas to actually start consistently putting it together on the field.
0: And I wonder if he's really been given that hard sell or negative recruit sell, right? He hasn't been able to really go to any building yet. Has he really been given the negative recruit? Oh, he's been to campuses. Sell. Yeah, no, he's
1: been to some, he's been and m he's, he's been to A&M. He's been to OU. He's been, he's been to some campuses already. He's been getting it. Now I'm sure nothing like he's about to get, you know, and again, right. I mean, but um it's it's dad said again. He dad himself said it's super duper early. He even liked my tweet on Twitter I was responding to somebody else talking about, "Oh my god, this feels like 2008 9. Uh Darius, how does this compare?" And I was like, "It's early," you know, and dad favored that tweet. And he agreed it, it's early. So, nothing is set in stone. Ruben Owens is committed to Texas, but I think Texas fans y'all should pretty much look at it as Ruben saying Texas is my leader. And if Texas right. uh, can, can you know, win 10 games this year and win 10 next year, then Ruben Owens will be there um, as a true freshman. Also, interestingly enough, I was told um, – this didn't come from the conversation or anything, but I was told that Ruben's being pretty much sold on um, being a starting running back as a true freshman uh, when B. John leaves. Obviously, I was – you know, my mind instantly went to Jaden Blue. But anyways, whatever, a long way to go in that recruitment. Long way to go. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. But um, it was great talking to Dad. Real um, real humble guy. You can tell um, he's a younger guy, very family oriented. Um, but no, just just hearing about Ruben and hearing about how everything went down, it was it was super interesting. But um, he said, yeah, Ruben has been wanting to commit and he wants to be a leader for his class wherever he goes. So um, he say he's got friends in 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025. You know, he just wants to be that bell cow. There's room to the finish line here.
0: It's interesting that they talked up Stan Drayton. Well, not really interesting, but. Good to hear. And even Oklahoma fans are recognizing that Stan Drayton is one of the best running back recruiters in the nation. At this point, no question. That Texas backfield, B. John Robinson, and then last class you had the Texas Gatorade player of the year. Yeah, they didn't get uh, either of the top running backs in the state, but still, it's hard to get that after B. John Robinson, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have Jaden Blue, who's going to be maybe the top running back, pure running back, not scat back or anything in the nation and you already have Reuben Owens who's who's hearing from Stan Drayton is loving what Stan Drayton's saying is loving what he's putting down hey
1: Stan Drayton is the man right now you can't tell Stan Drayton nothing Stan Drayton walking in the meetings late when he want to Stan Drayton show up to the building when he want to he can do what he want to do right now he is the man right now he's on top of the world
0: and in that running back position you have two positions in college football that are really really more recruiting oriented than they are Coaching oriented. Boom. Yes, there's parts of quote coaching that you know you need to have, but that running back position and that tight end position are two positions that are mainly recruiters. And you have Stan Drayton and Jeff Banks. Boom. Boom for Texas. And having those two guys really helps for keeping building on this class. So the next guy is coming up in this 2022 or even 2023 class. Darius, who are you seeing as being the next guys to drop?
1: Uh, it's hard to say. You know, you you know, you know, they're a commitment. Or dates. you know who
0: are, who is Texas leading with?
1: In my opinion, um, some guys that Texas leads with right now. Um, you're looking at you know, go back to Arlington, um, Arlington Bowie five-star offensive lineman, uh, Devon Campbell. I believe Texas leads there. I believe Texas has led there for a long time, and that's that's right. not any new information coming from from myself there. Here, I've been saying it for a while. Um, obviously, believe Texas five star offensive
0: guard guy, yeah, offensive guard, right tackle, yeah.
1: Um, Bryce Anderson, I think Texas leaves with Bryce Anderson right now. They're in a great spot with Bryce Anderson, um, would be
0: your nickelback. He's a guy who is probably one of the best defensive backs in the state of Texas and up there in the nation. Was an LSU commit, and then all the stuff fell on LSU, and he's like, I don't want to be there anymore. Same thing with BJ Allen.
1: Mm-hmm. Just another guy you brought his name up earlier. I don't think he's about to commit anytime soon, but um, I think Texas leads for Denver Harris up there in North Shore, and um, uh, Denver um probably he probably won't be ready for the start of his senior season because you know he suffered that that knee injury in the last game. I think it's possible that you could possibly even see some competition lighten up a little bit. You know, for Denver Harris after you know having suffered that injury. But I think Texas leads with Anderson, so that's two. That's three. That's three five-star guys right there: Devon Campbell, Bryce Anderson, Denver Harris. Talking about North Shore, Chris Ross is, is considering Texas. I don't think Texas leads there, but um, he's planning to make a decision what in March next month, March twenty-third. Um, just off the top of my head, running through the you know running through guys, um, uh, maybe maybe Ish Harris. You know, I haven't spoke to him directly. At a pilot point, I've been told that he, he was a huge Texas fan growing up. Maybe a guy like uh, Martrell Harris down there in Houston, outside linebacker or whatever, I talked about him very much. But other than that, you know, those three guys I mentioned, or those four guys I mentioned, uh, Jamarian Miller, Devon Campbell, Bryce Anderson, Denver Harris, Texas fans should feel really good about, you know, where they sit with, with those guys right now.
0: Right. I also really like where they sit with a guy like Kelvin Banks. I know probably A&M's probably feeling pretty good there, but I think Texas is going to need guys – in this class, in this offensive of line class, and
1: what, what, why do you feel that way about Banks? I haven't seen. I just, I, I, I can't go by.
0: That's a gut feeling, right there. Other,
1: yeah. I just, I've, I've spoke to Banks a couple of times. I, I just think I don't think he's anywhere near a decision.
0: Oh no, I don't think he's anywhere near a decision. But I think at some point, it's just some of these guys. You know, you have to have some gut feeling there where it's like, oh, this makes sense to me. Like Denver Harris is one of those guys where it's like if there's kind of been some trickles out there, but it's nothing, anything concrete. And it just is a, oh, this makes sense guy.
1: Yeah, I'm tripping. Um, Westlake offensive guard Connor Robertson is a guy that I think could be mm-hmm. a guy that joins a commitment list um, in the next four to six weeks.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good list of guys to, to be waiting for at least, uh, right? And obviously there's going to be somebody who comes out probably in the West Coast for Steve Sarkeesian that we just haven't known. I'm expecting a lot more of these surprise commits for Texas. It seems like that's, that's this type of staff is one that does that, right? The Stark after dark is a thing that's probably going to continue to happen for Texas. Hey,
1: I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I know it's I, – all I know is it's fun to be excited about recruiting.
0: That's true. That's true. Do we want to get into this offensive line and defensive line and what you need there, Darius? Uh,
1: I just think with the offensive line, it's pretty damn simple. Texas needs bodies. I don't think that's – hell, fans know that. Um Again, you just right. talked about Devon, Kelvin. Um, you know about Cam Duberry. You know those. Are the those are all main,
0: offensive guards.
1: Yeah, those are the three main. You know, in state, in state guys. Even the guy from Allen, um, NATO is is an interior guy. Um, I think I think Texas is gonna have to look out of state for those offensive tackles. I think that's why we saw that run of out of state offers go out. It was like twelve guys that got offered, and they're all offensive tackle bodies. I think the staff realized that uh, it's a crap ton of talented linemen in state, but they're all kind of profile to end up on the inside so um they're mm-hmm. casting their they're casting their, their um their it's all canyon green
0: types right where they're playing yeah. off the tackle right now they're labeled as off the tackle but they're going to be an off the guard
1: they're, but they're between six three to six five in devin's case six two and a half to six five and around 300 yeah they just don't have that tackle build that, that right. you know prototypical um schools look for
0: yeah it's going to be interesting and i i probably i could see the staff Playing the waiting game with offensive tackles in state, right? Let another season happen, and then once you start to see guys, or at least go through spring ball, right? After spring ball, I could see a lot more of these offers go out.
1: Yeah, O line, big guys, all there's always offensive linemen and defensive linemen that 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 show up later, you know, Mm -hmm. that that got missed, you know. So it's yeah, they're gonna you always leave spots open. And there, so it, it's going to be plenty more names that pop up over the next few months. I don't, I don't have the answers there at offensive tackle. We got a good idea of what the interior targets look like, though.
0: Yeah. And then your defensive line. You have an idea of what you really need in this class. I think you need one really good jack position. You need at least one or two defensive tackles who, to, to replace guys who might be leaving. And you need an edge guy, right? Mm-hmm. I think you know who your edge guy is. I know you know who your top targets are there. RJ Cooper at a Arlington Martin. We talked about him earlier in the show. He's probably your top guy for that edge.
1: I think he's a defensive end.
0: For your defensive end. Instead of just standing. Your, stand your up. edge your edge guy. Yeah. I'm I know, uh, I'm a word i know. I'm
1: maybe worth defending. I see the DN was more of a strong side guy handing the ground on the shoulder of the, you know, tackle and tight end type deal. I see the edge guy more of a uh cockback position standing up like Joseph Osai.
0: Okay, then then we'll go we'll go with that. Defensive end. He's your defensive end guy. You need one defensive end. That's RJ Cooper. Am I wrong? Because you can't you're not getting Malik Silla.
1: No, you're not getting Silla. I'm I'm there's no you're not there's no guarantee you're getting Cooper. No, um, not at all. Just I mean Stanford,
0: he's a smart kid. Stanford, I, I've said on the show, if I could go to Stanford, get get it paid for and get a degree from there, ten times out of ten, I would go there. Yeah, nobody'll blame me for that. So you have that. Omari Abor out a Duncanville is your jack position, your edge, right? A guy who profiles much like Joseph Osai, right? But it just doesn't seem like Texas is the school for him, right? He seems like he's either OU or SEC.
1: Yeah, no, nah, I got it. I got a pretty pretty solid knowledge of that situation there. I, I would be surprised if, if Amari doesn't end up playing um, SEC ball.
0: Right. Well, then where do you go after that? Because I don't see a guy in state right now who is an obvious. Jack guy.
1: Uh, I think that remains to be seen. In state, uh, there's there's not a lot of Jack types that I've seen so far. I mean, just in this class in particular, there are a lot of just not. There are defensive end bodies. There are, there are guys that are going to grow into defensive tackles. That mm-hmm. obvious standout, you know, Jack guy, that rusher guy. I have not identified that person yet. Um, if right. I had to, if I, I mean, outside of, outside of Abor,
0: yeah, I, I, there really isn't one at all is there it's a hard position to find it's a hard position to find a guy like joseph osai right who is a guy who's athletic enough to drop back but also go forward it's something that you're probably going to have to look at a guy who can be built up into it right
1: yeah you're probably looking at a i mean Derek harris type of type of build type of guy type of prospect
0: Mm -hmm. right so then where does that leave you with defensive tackle you're probably looking for two right who are your two guys in the class who you'd be like, those are my dreams? Uh, and then who do you think Texas ends up with?
1: Yeah, either a pure, a pure D tackle or or a, a, a guy that, that can play strong side end for you and possibly grow into a defensive tackle. Um, the name that comes to mind instantly, well, it's an out-of-state guy that K had an update on um, earlier named Zach Swanson that said he's not going to make a decision until he can get out and take a look at Texas. Uh, another guy in state that I'm really that I really really like uh, on, on tape. His name is Jeray Bletso out of Bremen, Texas. Um, Jeray is already about six four, probably about two hundred and seventy five, two hundred eighty pounds. Um, tremendous athlete. I think he is the prize um, at defensive tackle in state. And Texas is also in on a guy in North Shore named uh, Chris Ross, who uh, we talked about earlier, that will be deciding uh, in the middle of March. Um, those are the two guys in state right now, Jare Bledsoe and Chris Ross at that defensive tackle spot. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, yeah, I'm just interested. I mean, Bear Alexander going to Georgia. They already he, have. He's not coming to Texas. One of the he guys, was. yeah, right. But Jare Bledsoe is in that area of the state where there always seems to be like one or two guys who come from there. Devondre Sweat was one of those guys for Texas. What was it, three, two, three years ago?
1: Yeah, out of Huntsville.
0: Right, it's that area of the state. Where it just seems to be one or two like elite prospects who just kind of go this, I'm under the radar.
1: Brim right now. That is, oh, outside it's between to,
0: Waco and College Station. Yeah, in between Marlin and Hearn, Okay. Yeah, so I agree with you. I think Dre Bledsoe is probably one of the better defensive tackles in this class, at least the ones that are available. And if they Texas could land him, that would be great. Otherwise, you're you're looking out of state. And you're going fishing out there.
1: Great class, not a ton of depth um, along the interior defensive Mm -hmm. line.
0: Well, there's depth in certain positions. But in terms of overall depth, where, you know, like offensive tackle or, you know, Jack, Mm -hmm. there's not great depth there. But like offensive guard, great depth, right? Your defensive end, great depth. But other than that, not a lot of bodies in other positions. And that's sort of how a lot of these recruiting classes end hey, up. FYI,
1: right? from Bremont to Austin is a two hour drive. From Bremont to College Station is 50 minutes.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yep. It's going to be a hard pull, hard pull for Texas. But I think that's where we're going to end it off here, folks. Thank y'all for listening to Fourth and Five. I've been your host, Will Bazer. You guys can find me on Twitter at W I L L B A I Z E R. My man D T. Where can we find you?
1: Hey, y'all can find me on Twitter as well. Hey, new name, name change. Y'all can find me on Twitter at coach D T underscore T F B. Again, at coach D T underscore TFB. I did not know that you new did name that. on Twitter. If uh yeah, uh my traffic been a little slow the last week or so. I wonder, yeah, I, I changed the name and didn't say nothing to nobody. I kinda like it actually. <laughs> I don't have to talk to nobody and nothing. But um uh, yeah, new name. Um, holla at me. Uh would love to hear from you all. Um, you know, get your thoughts on things and you know, just uh chop it up a little bit. But no, like for Will sure. said, as always, thank you so much for listening in.
0: Yeah. Uh and you guys can find other shows. I mean, obviously the basketball show is the one that's been going. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to listen to that anymore, but you guys can find other shows like this on the Hornscast channel, which you're listening to right now. So if you liked it, if you like this show, if you like other shows like it, go ahead and give us a subscription, give us some ratings. We really do appreciate it. On that note, thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next week. Hook 'em, Maybe next week. <laughs>